My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to Mickles and Dimes Layer 2, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. Jimmer for Dead is known as the Lonely God in China. Not that Jimmer was sad or depressed. The nickname referred to Jimmer's place at the top, with no one around him. As a senior in college, Jimmer led the country in scoring, averaging 28.9 points per game, led BYU to the Sweet 16 for the first time in 30 years, and won essentially every end-of-the-year individual honor, including the Wooden Award, the Naismith Award, the Oscar Robertson Trophy, the AP Player of the Year, the Sporting News Player of the Year, as well as the ESPY for the Best Male College Athlete. Jimmer then spent five years in the NBA, but never reached his potential. In our conversation today, Jimmer shares the lessons he learned during that time and how he was able to find himself again in China. I hope you enjoy learning from Jimmer Fredette, because I certainly did. Jimmer, it's so great to talk with you today. I still remember watching you play at BYU as a freshman. I had just graduated from BYU the year before, and I followed the basketball team pretty closely. You had a really nice freshman year on a pretty good team, but I, of course, had no idea what was in store for you. And I don't know if you did either, frankly. Uh, yeah. I've enjoyed watching you so much uh, as your career has progressed. So it's great to be able to catch up with you today. Yeah, thanks, Nate. I mean, uh, I didn't know exactly what it was going to be in store, right? Like, um, I knew that I could have a good career. I knew our team was going to be really good. Um, you know, Coach Rose and the staff are doing a great job turning the program around and really getting it to where we're winning 20 games plus, you know, every year. But that senior year was something that uh, I don't think anybody could have prepared for. It kind of just changed your life over right, you know, kind of overnight, you know, after one game, just kind of blew, blew things out of the water, expectations and everything. So, I mean, it was a lot of fun, enjoyed uh, every second of it, and uh, definitely can reminisce on the past with good memories there. Yeah, well, you have so many iconic moments in college. So I'm just going to go through some of these real quick. The 49 points at Arizona and against Derek Williams. 45 against TCU, 36 against Utah at home, 37 against Florida in March Madness in the double overtime win, 47 at Utah, including the halftime half-court buzzer beater, 39 at UNLV, first win there, 43 against San Diego State and Kawhi Leonard in the top 10 matchup, 52 against New Mexico in the Mountain West tournament with astonishingly just one single free throw. And 34 against Gonzaga in March Madness. And not surprisingly, all of those games I just mentioned were wins. You were the national player of the year in college, spent five years in the NBA, five years overseas. And as you think back on your career, are there two to three simple, practical, underappreciated lessons you've learned along the way that you'd most like to pass along to your kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've learned a lot of lessons during that time. Um, You know, two of them come to mind um, when I think about it. Um, the first one that I talk about a little bit is control what you can control. And um, I love this one. Um, it's something that I learned uh, early in my NBA career. Um, I know that there aren't certain things, there's certain variables that you can't control in your life, but there are things that you can control. Um, so for example, you can control your attitude, you can control your work ethic, and you can control if you're, if you're being happy or if you're happy or not. And those are three things that I really focused, tried to focus on after my first couple of years in the NBA, um, because, you know, there are things that you can't control, like getting traded or not playing or having a coach fired or, you know, all of these different things where 
it could mess with your head and it can mess with your playing time. And then eventually it can mess with you um, and your confidence and all of these things. And it happened to me in, in my first couple of years in the NBA. It was so up and down. Uh, I didn't know whether coach wanted me to play, where he wanted me to play, how to play, um, do all these things. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I was able, I got bought out and had to find another team. All of these things, you know, kind of happened that I couldn't necessarily control. But what I could control is how hard I worked every single day in practice. So I'd come into practice every day um, and work out, keep myself in shape, keep myself prepared, keep mentally and physically as, as in shape as, and ready as I possibly could. So waiting for that opportunity when something does come, I wanted to be prepared for it. Um, I was always happy when I came into the, to the facility, whether I was actually happy or not, I was, I was always trying to fake it till I make it, you know, and it really helps. And also making sure that, you know, I, I brought a positive attitude every single day um, to the, to the teammates, to the locker room, um, you know, to the huddle, um, every room that I walked into, I wanted to try to brighten it and try to make it so that it was a little less, a little less tense because it can be pretty tense. Some of in some of those, um, you know, facilities, especially if you're not winning basketball games or, you know, things aren't going, going your way. I still try to keep it as loose as possible and, and have as much fun. And, and uh, you know, those, those are all things that I could control. Um, so I would definitely tell my kids that like, Hey, listen, there are things you can't control in this life, but there are a lot of things that you can control. Focus on the things you can control and be the best that you can possibly be at those things work hard, uh, control your own destiny in that manner. And I promise you, if you do that, things will end up working out for you. It may not be the exact way you want it to happen, but it'll be the path that it's supposed to be. And uh, then take it with a good attitude and go out there and, and do the best that you can. And this applies to everything and not just sports. This is just, you know, my, my situation that I, that I went through. So, so that's the first one um, that, that I like. The second one, um, I would say is just to be true to yourself, be your true self always. Um, you know, again, you know, playing basketball in the, in the NBA, um, I was a little bit of an outcast from, uh, uh, from perspective of, I didn't drink alcohol. I didn't do any of that stuff. Um, you know, so I was a little bit different, but, um, I always wanted to make sure that I was true to myself. Um, but it also applied on the court as well. Um, you know, for me, I wish when I was my first couple of years that I would have just played the way that I played in college. And I didn't necessarily do that. I was a little bit more afraid to make a mistake to come off the court. And I was playing, you know, not the way that I played at BYU, just pulling up from anywhere, having that freedom, um, you know, playing with, you know, with no mercy or anything like that. And, you know, because of the fact that I didn't play like that, I felt like I didn't play as well. Right. Like I wasn't showing my best self. I wasn't showing my true self. And, you know, because of that, you know, I ended up getting, um, you know, cut eventually my fifth year in the NBA by the San Antonio Spurs. Right. I got, I was, I got cut. It's the first time I ever got cut from a basketball team before it was, uh, you know, like, okay, well now what do I do? Right. I got to go find a job and uh, went back, went back home and, you know, talked to my agent, had a couple of, uh, teams that were interested from all over the world, all over the country, um, you know, and all over the world, but ended up, you know, praying about it, got a really strong uh, feeling that I needed to go to Shanghai, China. Um, so that was the next place that I went. I was scared. I was nervous, but I was true, you know, to, to what I thought uh, was right. was true to myself. And when I got there, I decided that it was important to me 
to play my game again, go out there and be me. And uh, so I did, I went out there and, and played my game and we ended up having one of the best seasons that Shanghai's ever had. Uh, I was able to win MVP of the league. Um, you know, the, the script kind of flipped from me, you know, being someone where people asking like, what happened? You know, why is he not playing like this to be like, wow, this guy's the man again. It's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome to see him playing like this. Why is he not in the NBA? Blah, blah, blah. All these things It kind of flipped the script. And it was all because I decided to just be true to myself and start playing my game start playing the way that I should be and also just being the same person on and off the court, being a good person, uh, getting out there and, and being in the culture and, and getting to know my teammates and feeling comfortable. Um, that was really, really important to me and something that really changed the trajectory of my career. Um, and honestly, my life um, from that point on. And I think that that's something that's really important for these kids to learn. You know, I love these lessons. Uh, that first lesson of control what you can control I think back to my high school and, you know, I'm just like diehard MJ fan and people are just always talking about how MJ is just willing his team to victory and he's just making it happen. And he did, but he also had great players around him. And I think it was, you know, and I think kids everywhere probably put a little too much pressure on themselves yeah. thinking they could control just so much of their life. And it's like, we don't want to, we don't want to, not control the things we can control, but right. we also don't want to try to control the things we can't. And finding that balance can be very difficult. Um, sure. But I love how you were able to come to this realization and, and how this propels you now to the next part of your career where you go to China. Yeah. And they say that there's, there are more basketball fans in China than there are, than there are people in the U S right. Yep. Uh, there are. So Yep. To, to be able to thrive there and just uh, make a career for yourself there. It's so cool to see that and to hear that this lesson of just being yourself is, is one of the main things that propelled you to that. So great lessons sure. uh, to pass on as, as we wrap up anything else that comes to mind, anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. I mean, I think those are great lessons. Um, you know, I get a lot of people that come to me with their kids asking for advice um, of what to do and, you know, how to get to the level that I am at, um, you know, athletically or, you know, in my life in general. Um, and for me, like, I think one of the things that you said was, was great is, you know, make sure that you don't take things too seriously. Don't put too much pressure on yourself, um, whatever it is um, that you want to do in your life, whether it's athletics or become a doctor or lawyer, you know, there's a lot of things out there that, uh, you know, could make it so that you're, you know, not comfortable or make it so that you're feeling pressure, um, you know, to do something or do you have to do something this day or else you're not going to make it or whatever it is. I always, am, you know, a big proponent of, hey, work hard, but make sure that you're having fun. You're not going to be your best if you don't like the situation or don't like the thing that you're doing on a daily basis. And if that's the case, um, you're not going to put your, your best uh, effort forward every single day. I love basketball. Like that's something that I love every single day. I played because I wanted to play. It wasn't someone else that was like, Hey, you need to go out there and practice or, Hey, you need to go out there and do this. I did it because I loved it. I had an internal drive. So you got to find something that you love that much that you want to practice, that you want to prepare for every single day on your own. And if you find something like that, then that's really what your passion is. And then I'd say, go for it. Um, so I would just, I always tell kids that and, and enjoy the process, have fun with it because it, it goes by quickly. 
Oh, that's great advice. I was I was reading some research on uh, happiness and laughter, and the researchers um, collected some data and found that one of the biggest regrets people have at the end of life is that they didn't laugh as much as they wish they would have. And For I sure. think this this kind of stems or, or is related to this idea of like just have fun. You got to have fun. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. I know in yeah. in China the basketball leagues yeah. are very structured, and as the kids grow up, you've talked in the past about how it's they're so structured that when they get out into a real game, it can be difficult to adapt because they're not used to kind of this like free flowing game. Um, But anyway, I just love this idea of you got to have fun. um, Otherwise you're just not going to be able to push yourself and and why do it if it's not fun? Well, uh, to wrap up here, Jimmer, one of my favorite sayings is that anyone can go over 10, but only the greats can go over 20. Uh, in, in your case, I don't think you ever went, you know, more than over two or three. So uh, not that you ever had to deal with that, but you had the mindset of an absolute killer. I just That's loved right. watching you play so much. And it was so great to talk with you today. And I look forward to seeing what you accomplish next. Perfect. Well, thanks, Nate. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mickles and Dimes. If someone as great as Jimmer Fredette can struggle with his own confidence at times, I think most of us find ourselves in great company. And I love the lessons he shared that helped him overcome his struggles. First, control what you can control. Jimmer couldn't control that the NBA coach who drafted him got fired two weeks into the season. He couldn't control whether he would play on a given night. And he couldn't control whether he got traded. But there were three things he could control. His work ethic, his happiness, and his attitude. By being the best he could be at those things he could control, he set the stage for the next phase of his career. Second, be true to yourself, both on and off the court. In the NBA, Jimmer had a hard time fitting in and reaching his potential, in large part because he was trying so hard to please the coaches and fit into their systems. But by going to China, he found himself again. He decided to be true to himself and play his game. This led to one of the greatest seasons of his life, where he averaged 37.6 points per game, scored 73 points in a single game that season, and won the league MVP. And finally, I love his advice to not take things too seriously. Work hard, but make sure we're having fun. Because if we don't enjoy what we're doing, or if we put too much pressure on ourselves, we're not going to be able to give our best effort every day. The goal is to find something that we love to do so much that we want to practice it every single day on our own. Given Jimmer's outrageous college success, I thought he would share lessons learned from college. But instead, he focused on the challenges he faced after college, and then provided us a roadmap for how to overcome our own challenges and reach our potential. And I think Jimmer has demonstrated over and again that he and his advice are worth following. It's a simple idea. Please take it seriously.